Hey everyone, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this uh, podcast episode here. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd, uh, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds. You can find, uh, you can find, uh, learn, sorry, you can learn more about myself and my business on my website, which is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. That is spelled A-Z or Z. R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. Or of course, you can visit uh, any of my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and of course on LinkedIn. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm very excited as per usual to be recording this one here. I have a couple of things that I would like to share today. One of them is super language-y, and the other one is maybe uh, more life-y, more related to kind of life stuff in general. So let's start with the language stuff today. And I'd like to talk about the following question. Is it possible to learn a language in three months? I have a, a segment, a weekly segment that I do on my Facebook page. So Azrin the Language Nerd a Facebook group that I run, which is called the Language Learning Nerds. It's a very big group. I'm super flattered by how many people are in that group. It's crazy, actually. There's like hundreds of new members every day. It's mind boggling to me, but regardless. So it's a Facebook group I run called the Language Learning Nerds. And then of course on on YouTube as well, I post this every single Tuesday at 12 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And basically my audience in the the, the, the people in the language learning nerds group, they do a whole vote every single week on what they would like to hear me talk about in a video. And this week's topic was, can you learn a language in three months? And I would like to discuss what the answer is in my perspective. I think, yes, you can learn a language in three months. That's the simplest way to view it. There's you, it is absolutely something that a, 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 a good percentage of people have the ability to go and do. Um... Now, the question becomes, how fluent do you become in those three months? Because if you told me, Azrin, I want to go speak, you know, Hindi at the same level that you speak French or Spanish in three months, I would, I would tell you that it's almost certainly not possible. There might be a one-off person on the planet who's able to achieve that level of fluency in three months. There might be some one-off cases. But 99% of us, the vast majority of us, are not going to be able to achieve the level of fluency I have in French or Spanish in three months. That's probably not going to happen because my French and Spanish just has a huge depth of knowledge to it. The number of words I know, the amount of vocabulary and the, the grammatical accuracy I have, the, the academic study I've done in those two languages. I did a university degree in those languages where I had to write 20-page essays and papers in those languages. My pronunciation, my knowledge of different accents and dialects. Like, I have such a depth of knowledge in those languages where if you told me, Azrin, can I achieve, or asked me rather, if you asked me, Azrin, can I achieve that level of fluency in such and such language in three months, I'd be like, hell no, it's going to take you years upon years upon years of consistent study because that's just the only way you could achieve it. But in three months, what you definitely can do is you can learn to a, a very a reasonably strong level, a chunk of a foreign language. And if you are strategic as to what chunk you choose to learn, then you could actually have some pretty cool results within those three months. So let me give you some examples. Let's say you're learning, you want, you want to achieve 
you want to become as fluent as you can in Spanish because you have in-laws whose parents only speak Spanish. Well, that's pretty cool because then you could spend three months and do some intensive study and only learn the stuff that's going to be immediately of use to you to communicate with the in-laws. And that could be pretty darn effective. You're not going to be perfect, but in those three months, you can really do some damage so that when you are with the in-laws, you're able to communicate to a certain degree of fluency. You can ask them, hey, how are you? And they say, oh, how are the kids? You can say, oh, the kids are doing good. Oh, they're great. And so-and-so is going to school and he got an A on his test the other day. Like you can maybe talk about those kinds of things. And again, it won't be perfect, but that's going to be pretty good. You can do a lot of damage in those three months. Or perhaps you're going to be moving, you're going to, be moving to France in five months. And you're like, man, I want to really learn as much French as I can to, to help me when I'm in France. Well, again, you're not going to become uber fluent, extremely fluent in those three, five, three to four to five months, but you can spend that time and you could, if you were to do some intensive study where all you really did was study the language for those three, four, five months, and that's all you did for the most part, you can really do some damage that when you arrive in France, you're pretty darn prepared and you're in a pretty good place for just having arrived in France and not knowing a word of French five months prior. Does that make sense? It's definitely possible. It's, it definitely is. Um, yeah, it's definitely possible. I kind of think of it, I just thought of this analogy off the spot, and I don't know if it's the right analogy, but I think it's a pretty close one. It's kind of like when you have an actor or an actress, and they are cast for a role in a movie, and they're told that you have to have a certain body shape, or you have to, you have to look a certain way for that movie. Let's say you have, let's say you're a man and you've got to be this big, tough guy who's got big muscles. You could spend six months and really get jacked up. You could. And you could really get jacked up for that movie to look the part for that movie, for sure. That That is possible from what, from what I have seen. I don't know if it's six months or a year, how much time they have, but in a short period of time, these actors and actresses can really change their body and get stronger or whatever it is, right? To fit the role needed for a movie. I'm pretty sure that's a thing that happens. I'm pretty sure. But even though they got stronger, it doesn't mean that they got stronger and more flexible and they worked on their long distance running and they're able to swim really well and they worked on their nutrition and no, no, they worked on one element of the language of the language, one element of their health slash fitness slash nutrition in order to fit what hit the requirements of, of a specific movie that they were cast for. Similar here, you're going to be cast for a specific movie. You're going to be cast, you're going to be put in a specific situation where you're going to have to deal with a certain number of social situations. And in a three-month window, you can definitely really learn a lot of those common situations if you study intensively and in a very strategic way. It's going to be a lot of effort and time and such and such and such. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely possible. So that's kind of my take. Is it possible to learn a language in three months? Yeah, I think it is possible for sure. Um, but we just have to be careful as to what you're picturing in your mind when you're saying, I want to learn a language in three months. And we have to be on, we have to be on the same page as to how much you're going to accomplish. You can accomplish a lot, but maybe not. You can accomplish a hell of a lot, but you're not going to become super duper near native level of fluency in three months, which I think that's common sense. I think everything I've said is not anything mind blowing or earth shattering. It's very, very common sense, I think the way I see it. 
Okay, I want to change gears and I want to go on a completely different topic. So you're welcome to hop off this podcast if you would like to at this point. But I really care about this next topic. So if you do hop, if you do hang on, I would appreciate it. Um, and it's something I don't talk about a lot. I don't talk about this topic often, but uh, I think it needs to be said because I don't see a lot of people uh, that share kind of my perspective on the topic. And it has to do with this whole COVID-19 situation. You see, I kind of view things in a very optimistic kind of light. And I think a lot of the stuff that I see around me is, tends to be more pessimistic. Maybe others view it optimistically too, and I just don't see it. I, I don't know, but I want to share it at a minimum in case, in case, uh, in case really there isn't a lot of people viewing it in an optimistic light. And I think it's important to, just like a lot of people talk about the negative stuff and they're sharing negative articles and they're sharing a lot of negative things, which is totally understandable. I also think it's important to talk about positive things too and, and, and to view things in a more, in an optimistic light as well. And so um, I wanna actually open some notes. I have some notes for this portion because I wanna make sure I'm not insensitive. I wanna do my best to make sure I'm not insensitive and, to do, and do my best to make sure that I, um, I don't come across as, you know, flippant or or offensive to anybody. So I do have some notes here that I want to open up to make sure I kind of address this in the way that I prepared to, which is so strange. I never prepare for these podcasts, but this is an important topic and I want to get it right. So um, the first thing is that I, I know I cannot speak for everybody, everybody, because nobody's been affected by this virus in the exact same way. Everyone's been affected in different ways. Granted, some people have been affected similarly, but no one's been affected identically in the in this exact same way. Also, it's all of us, nobody on this planet is the exact same human. We all have different chemicals in us, different hormones and DNA and different life experiences, different upbringings. And so something that happens to me might affect me really deeply, but that same event happening to someone else might not affect them very deeply. So all of that to say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to understand exactly what it's like to be in your shoes, the person listening to this podcast, or anybody's shoes. I cannot exactly understand what it's like to be in your shoes. However, what I can do is I can speak for myself. Due to all this COVID stuff, I have gone through a variety of different changes. You know, for example, not being able to see friends anymore. You know, I've rarely seen any friends for all of this year so far. I've seen them a couple times in more recent history because some of the restrictions are easing up and, and we're getting back to some level of normalcy, I suppose, although it's not anywhere near normal yet. Um, but for most of this year, I did not really see any friends. One of my friends even moved away as he's in a brand new city. So I've seen him in all of 2020. You know, I've seen him probably four times, five times, and my, one of my closest friends in all of 2020. This is a guy that I used to see once a week, usually once a week, once every two weeks. I've seen him four or five, four or five times, maybe. And now he's in a completely different city. He's moved away. So I, I can't even just go see him. So that's been something. I had, to, I, I had to learn how to move all my work completely from home. No more work in person. You know, all that while also, you know, there's a good two, three month window where myself and my mom, we were fully watching my sister. My, my sister's disabled and we're kind of her parents, I suppose, my mom and my, my mom and I. And we used to have, you know, caregivers that would help during the workday. During the workday, mom would go to work, I would work and such, and there'd be caregivers 
there's two there's about two ladies three ladies that would kind of work with my sister and take care of her well when when COVID happened and we were quarantined we didn't have that anymore so we were watching her completely which is very difficult to do when you're working both both people are working full-time and you got to figure out how to watch like basically a two-year-old you know my sister is basically like a big two-year-old in many ways so that was really challenging um really really challenging i had to cancel a trip that i was planning i was going to i was going to travel um i had to call off our 20 plus monthly in-person social events that my business used to organize um that was really tough you know we have a very we have a nice community here in calgary of language learners and there's a lot of friends that have come through these events and such and so that was really tough i even am friends with a lot of them you know i couldn't go cut my hair that kind of sucked i actually cut it myself and i really messed it up you know i was worried about grocery stores running out of food uh there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff that came with with this uh with this COVID. and i think what we see in the news and what we see and what we hear our friends say and blah 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 this is a lot of the kind of stuff that we tend to hear right there's a lot of fear and negativity which is totally understandable and respectable i mean respectable respectable no um understandable and yeah it's totally understandable and i don't i don't think there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with it not necessarily um but I, I do want to throw this in like my perspective on it for me and the way that it's affected me anyway and it continues to be this way is that the situation is not ideal but it could be way worse and thank goodness it isn't worse i'm going to say that again my perspective is or i'm sorry my perspective was and continues to be the situation is not ideal but it could be way worse and thank goodness it isn't worse you know, I feel pretty I, I feel pretty confident in saying that this statement I just made can probably ring true and is true for many of you listening to this podcast if you were to take a step back and view your life objectively. It things could be a hell of a lot worse. Way worse. Definitely could be. Um a lot of things could be worse. And so because of that, the way I view it is is that if you are in a situation where things could actually be way worse. I ask that at a minimum, you balance some of the negative emotions you are having about COVID-19, which are totally understandable and you should be having. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. Fear, missing friends, you know, maybe some uh, anxiety or uncertainty, maybe even anger. Maybe you're mad at the government, like whatever it is, right? Like you're feeling what you're feeling. That's cool. Okay. It sucks. And it sucks, right? It doesn't, it's not good, but... I do ask that you balance it with a certain level of gratitude. You know, have a balance of emotions in your body. Some like, crap, that sucks, I can't do this, I miss my friends and I'm scared of getting sick and this and that. And the news is saying this and this guy got sick and oh my goodness, balance that with gratitude. I think you ought to balance it out at a bare minimum because it could be a lot worse and thank goodness it isn't as terrible as it could be because that would really be awful. If it was as bad as it could be, that would be awful. Ugh. Like that one could be that could be awful. Um really really bad. You know, never ending downward spirals really suck. And I mean, for those in a really bad mental place or not a good mental place as of right now, maybe a good thing for you to do is to aim to be bummed out instead of completely depressed or completely down in the dumps all the time. I think it's important to, you know, a lot of people, you hear those, you hear those statements around, 
you hear those statements around aiming for the moon, but you land among the stars, like aiming up really high at ambitious goals, which has a lot of value. I think there's value in that. I also think there's an equal amount of value in aiming really aiming up, trying to aim for more, but picking a target that is ridiculously low and starting there. I think that's just fine because it gets the ball moving in the right direction. It gets the ball moving. And so I, I encourage you, if you are in a really bad place, like aim up, but aim low. It's better to, it's better to do that than be unhappy like 80% or 90% of the time. Like, Laura, that sucks to be unhappy all the time. You know, better to aim to be unhappy 70% of the time instead of 90% of the time. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't that be good? Like imagine if you could take an extra hour a day where you felt pretty good for the hour a day because you did something that was productive and made you feel good and turned off the TV or you did whatever you need to do, right? I'm also a big fan of taking steps, not just to escape stuff, not just an escapism because that's just numbing a lot of the pain and numbing pain only is temporary. I'm a big fan of doing things that make the pain go away in the long term. I'm a big fan of that. So for example, one thing you might choose to do is to try to look for silver linings. So I'll give you an example. I'm way more tech savvy than I used to be. I was pretty good with technology before, but now I'm way better. Like I didn't know how to run group classes online. I didn't know how to do that. It seemed so complicated to me. I was like, I could never do that. The technology and time zones and I got to do Zoom. Like, how do I do a group call on Zoom? How do I teach? Like, what the? It was so, I never wanted to do it. And I never even thought I'd ever do it. And now that's calm. I do it all the time because I'm more tech savvy. And that's going to help me in my career in the in the future. That's going to be, an, that's an invaluable skill that I now have. That I'm more tech savvy. That's amazing. I didn't have that before. So, you know, another silver lining is I, uh, I, spent, I got to spend more time with my family during this year than I did before. And I've actually learned that I like staying home more often and I actually leave the house less often than I used to, not out of fear for COVID, but just because I like being home with the family, which is interesting. There's a lot of silver linings, right? Even little things like, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the stupid haircut I gave myself. That was so funny. It was hilarious. It was like, a, it was terrible. <laughs> and now I'm going to have that funny memory for a long time. Like, <laughs> that was kind of funny when I cut my hair. Remember I thought when I could do that, that was terrible. It was awful. It was awful, 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 awful. You know, it's a lot of silver linings. So I think it can be helpful to, to look for those silver linings. Maybe the last thing I'll say in this topic, I actually didn't prepare to say this, but I didn't prep this, but it is something I'd like to say. Um, I think sometimes looking at, at real hard facts and trying to look at things in a very objective light. I think that's important. I, I heard someone say something to me the other day, which is really interesting. He was talking about how COVID's really bad and this and that. And I was like, yeah, you're right, man. It kind of sucks. And I was, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like everything you're saying is not false, like for sure. But then I did add, I was like, you're absolutely right, man. I do want to throw this in though. Like could be way worse. Now this guy's kind of young. He's pretty young. This guy I was talking to younger than me. And I was like, yeah, it could be way worse, man. Could be way worse. And he's like, what do you mean? This is like probably one of the worst things that's happened to like, probably one of the worst things that's happened to human society. And that's interesting that he had that thought, right? That it's one of the worst things that's happened because that's objectively false. There's way worse things that have happened and there's way worse that it could be. 
right? Especially for this guy. I know the kind of stuff. He's still doing just fine um, in comparison to a lot of people, um, you know. And I was like, yeah, it could be worse. Like, you, your dad could have died from the sickness or your mom or, like, it could be a world war. Like, that that would be worse. Wouldn't that be worse? Like, there's a lot of stuff that, it, that could have happened that would make it worse. Even with the virus itself, there's a lot of things like... You could have had the bad luck that someone in your family got it and they died like that would be worse right there's a lot of things that could have made it way worse for you and so that's his statement of oh it's one of the worst things that's happened it's terrible it couldn't really be that much worse and i was like well i could there's a lot of things that could make it worse that's factually not true like the emotions sometimes lie but if you choose to look at some facts you know and you choose to look at whatever fa sometimes it's hard to find the facts because you know the media says stuff and blah 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 you know, it's, not, it's tough to sometimes have that. Um, but try your best to stick to certain facts. And that might be a good place to start too, because it keeps you grounded. I'll give you a great example. I was looking at, you know, our, our government published uh, some statistics. They always publish statistics around the, the virus. And I'll never forget when I, I never looked at them. Like I heard of certain, I heard certain stats, number of cases, percentage of increase. I heard those, but I didn't actually compare those to number of deaths deaths by age, deaths by other comorbidities, other health problems. When we looked at those statistics in Canada, you realize like, oh, wow, the risk is lower than what you would initially think. There's a risk, but it's not anywhere near as high as I was personally thinking before. I think it was if something like 90% of, I think it was 90, 90 or 91% of people that died had at least two other comorbidities. So two other major health problems. And on top of that, uh, I think it was, oh, I, good Lord. Um, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was like something like, I think like 60%, 70, a huge percentage of people that died were over the age of 70. And then once you hit the age of 50, I think it was 50, 40 or 50, the number of deaths below 40 or 50 was ridiculously low. It was really, it was like 10 or like 15 like in the whole country. It was like super low out of thousands of cases. Like it was out of thousands of cases. It was really, really low. So that's an interesting factual thing to look at, stat-based factual data to look at. And when you layer that, so I talked, I've talked to, uh, there's a, a, uh, some journalists uh, that I've spoken with um, just that I know. Um, and, you know, it's so funny. Like one of them made a comment to me and, and they were like, they were like, uh, oh yeah, it's funny. Like, I don't even like going, I don't get fulfillment out of my work anymore. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, we got to run the same freaking stories every day around COVID and stuff. And I was like, oh, is that, what's the point? It's like, well, you know, we go say, oh, well, the numbers have increased. And then we have to, then we go find someone, some lady outside who wants to go talk about how she's scared of COVID and how she's keeping her kids home. And we throw that on the news and we do it every day. Go find a lady, talk about how COVID's doing this and how COVID's doing that and how COVID, COVID's affected this business. COVID has even affected this business. And we're trying, just trying to find new angles of how COVID's affected who. And we got to do it every day because that's our full-time jobs. And they got to have us doing something. And that's kind of the news stories we're having to run. And like, I don't get any fulfillment out of it. Like, good Lord, one is enough enough. So when you think about the journalists saying that, and the journalists, you know, with a lot of the media that's going on, a lot of the media, those are the people that, those are a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we're reading is, that we're reading and seeing comes from those media outlets. And so, and now this is one person I spoke to. I don't know if everyone's doing this, but think about that, right? There's one person saying that and they're like, oh my God, running all these stories and it's not real news in their perspective. So yeah, very, very, um, 
very, very interesting in my eyes. It's a whole interesting scenario. And I think overall, yes, it's affected people in tragic ways and death. And, 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 and I, I respect that 100%. I really, I really do. Um, and as I said in the beginning, like I, I'll, I'll not pretend to understand what it's like to be in your shoes because I really don't. You know, all I can say is I, I do think for a certain percentage of people listening, and maybe not everybody, but a percentage of you, and you can decide if this is for you or not. You can look at yourself in the mirror and decide for yourself. That's cool, right? I'm not going to decide for you. It's not my job. It's not, I don't have that. I'm not that audacious. It's not my, it's not, I can't do that. So you can decide if this is relevant to you or not. Um, but I do think a, a good percentage of you listening, if you look at things objectively, could see very like how things could be much worse and i think it's it's important to also have some great gra gratitude that it's not much worse for for you and it's not as bad as it could be i think it's a healthy way to view things so anyway everybody uh thank you for listening to this podcast i hope you liked it uh appreciate your time as always and uh and we'll chat later bye for now see you